Welcome to another episode of Empower Apps. I'm your host, Leo Dion. Today, I am joined by Kyle Lee, otherwise known as Kilo Loco. Kyle, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Absolutely. It's been a while, Leo. It's good to see you. Happy to be here. Hello, know, everybody. For those who don't know you, I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Again, my name is Kyle, also known as Kilo Loco online. So that's where you would that's the name that I go by on Twitter or X and YouTube. And that's where I've made a lot of YouTube tutorials on iOS development, Android development, Flutter development, a lot of stuff around mobile development. And I've been in the industry since 2015. So like about, what is it? Eight, eight years now. And I've worked at a startup called Bird, which is a scooter company. I've done freelancing and I just got laid off from AWS last year. A little bit of a little bit of experience under my belt. Yes, if you're not following Kilo on social media, you definitely should be doing that. Yeah, we had you on to talk about AWS Amplify, I believe, last time. Yeah. So yeah, this time we have a few exciting topics to talk about. There's a big thing coming out from Apple. Of course, I'm talking about the new changes to the App Store not talking about anything else that's coming out yeah what so we've got some new stuff i think it's going to be in 17.4 maybe if not 18 regarding the new like alternative app stores for europe i believe you want to kind of explain what's going on there and what this might mean for developers like myself yeah absolutely so the high level overview is a lot of you are probably familiar and have heard about this court battle that's going on between Apple and Epic Games, which is the creator of Fortnite. And this happened a couple of years ago. So if you've been in the industry for a while, you might have heard about this. And essentially, a lot of the rulings on the court case have been made. And it led to one, one of the rulings going in the favor of Epic Games. And this is primarily happening over in Europe, in the, in, in the European countries right now. And the ruling kind of led to Apple being forced to allow apps to make in-app purchases through a third-party link. So essentially what the ruling says is that your app can actually go to their website to make the purchase of like their subscription or if you want to buy like tokens for a game or like whatever your app is offering, it doesn't have to go through the app store. And the reason why you wouldn't want to go through the app store is because Apple takes this 30% commission off of every purchase that is being made in your app. So the idea is like you would have something that most people are familiar with Netflix, right? Generally, you can't sign up for Netflix within the iOS app or the Apple TV app. What you have to do is you have to go to Netflix.com. You have to go buy the subscription, whatever it costs, like $15.99. And then you would have to log into your account through, through your iOS app. Now, theoretically, you would be able to purchase your subscription through the website on Netflix, still not through the app store, but you would still be able to do it through the app it could link you to that website and then you could make the purchase there and then return back to the app the problem is that the way that apple complied to this ruling 
was kind of in a very controversial way to where, yes, you can link out to your, to your paywall on your website, but there's going to be these huge roadblocks that are going to essentially scare customers off and are going to strongly discourage any customer from purchasing your, your product through your website so that you don't have to pay Apple um, so much. You can do that, but there's a lot of hoops that the customer has to go through, which is already like horrible user experience and is going to essentially prevent all customers from wanting to, to make that purchase. And then on top of that, they're going to still charge you 27% to make that purchase. So anything that you would have made by not having to pay Apple by allowing the customer to purchase through the app store, you still have to pay them that minus 3%. And that other 3% is most likely going to something like Stripe, which is going to be your payment provider. I hope I was able to explain that in a easy to understand way. <laughs> so you still, you can purchase outside the app store, but the money still goes to Apple. So the way, yeah. So the way that this, the way that this works is Apple is demanding to have statements like financial records and transaction statements sent to Apple from your business, from your, yeah, from your business to, you would send those statements to Apple so that they can verify which transactions came from their app so that you are still forced to pay them to the 20, the 27% or 12% if you're part of the small business program, but you, you are forced to send over your statements to Apple. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, what as a developer would you have to do to implement something like this? Yeah, so I haven't gone through the actual implementation, but I have kind of seen screenshots of what is required. So now, remember, we're in our, we're in our, let's say we're Netflix, we're in our Netflix app and we're about to send a customer to our paywall so that they can get their monthly subscription. I'm trying to avoid paying Apple the full 30%. I just want to pay them the 27%, which it actually doesn't make any business sense with the way that Apple right. has implemented it. But let's say that we right. do want to do it. What the customer is going to experience is now this customer, if they were already signed in, some apps are already signed in when you want to make purchases, not Netflix, because you would still need to make a purchase to have an account and stuff like that. But right, if you were signed in, you are now going to first see a screen that's going to warn you, hey, Apple is not responsible for anything that happens beyond this point. If there are any malicious things that go on past this in this browser and you do make purchases, Apple is not liable. You cannot get refunds. You are responsible for losing your own money. It's this giant scare tactic screen. And obviously it, it doesn't, like it. It, Apple is very good about their words about how it's not actually saying anything bad about what's happening, but they are warning and saying like all of these different things can happen. Right. in a more professional sense. And then if you do continue to move forward, then you have to actually sign in if your account requires signing in to make the purchase with your account. And then you would make the purchase and then you would be dropped back into the app. So it's 
it is a less than ideal experience for the customer. Yeah, I would and, say so. Yeah, and most businesses and successful app developers understand that when a customer is about to make a purchase, the last thing you need to do is add friction and scare them off. You have to re- you have to reduce as much friction to the purchasing pro- process as possible or else you're going to eliminate a large chunk of of your potential buyers. Wow. That's crazy. I want to jump back and ask again the developer question. So let's say you have an app and you want to add this or kind of like certificates or provisioning profile stuff or IDs. I haven't implemented this myself yet, but I would assume it's a special type of, (laughs) yeah, thankfully. I think it's like a special type of one of those like SF web views that you would display like an associated site yeah so it i think it's a specific kind of view that you would display so you would just present that and it probably like a a modal right like uh like over the screen and then it just i would assume it probably just contains a link because you can't pass any user data through it and apple wants to monitor it so i would assume it's its own thing this is uh, yeah i mean (laughs) First, I think, like, Apple can do whatever the heck they want with their platform in a lot of ways. But at the same time, I feel like Apple continues to, like, really drag its feet on a lot of this stuff. And it seems like it's all about the money. And they use doublespeak about, oh, it's about privacy, it's about security. But it just feels like it's just about the money and, like... What it does is it, like, undermines the brand because then it's, like, when they do say something sincere about privacy, because they do a lot of good stuff in that space, then it's, like, do I really trust that they're going to be right even when they are right? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do want to, like, preface that, like, I used to be an Apple fanboy, and I, like, am very strongly not that anymore, so you can understand my position on why I may have explained exactly what this ruling led to but if you like look online and if you kind of go through some of the articles that have been released by notable publishers like nine to five mac um you will see that this overall is is kind of a bad faith implementation of what has been ruled in court so i just want to like preface like this is where i kind of stand i am not an apple fanboy anymore so my views will may differ from yours. Also, yes, Apple is like really great at doing things with security, but just like you said, Leo, it does feel like it's all about the money because yes, I understand that oh, Apple's getting their cut 30% from the purchases because they're you're doing business on their platform. I understand that. But when the app store first launched there weren't subscriptions it was all like in-app purchases and stuff like that and the app store was much simpler back then and apple was taking a cut because your app was essentially being advertised on the app store but now there's so much work that has to go into just app store optimization alone that they're not really doing a whole lot other than simply hosting your app. And it's because 
you're forced to. A lot of Mac apps don't go through the Mac App Store. One, because they don't want to pay that 30%. And two, if they're going to be doing all of this branding and marketing for their product, it's just going to simply live on their website and you can simply download it to your Mac. Yeah. And that's kind of the way that um, that it's going now to where companies want to be able to allow you to sideload or simply download your iOS app onto your device from their website because they're already notable brands. They don't need the marketing or the the placement that the App Store provides. Some, something like Netflix, it doesn't need to be in the App Store. If you found out that Netflix was in the App Store and you wanted Netflix on your iPhone, you would go to Netflix.com and download Netflix onto your iPhone if that was something that was allowed, right? So at this point, what is Apple doing for you other than allowing you to use their device? And I think that's kind of like a, a really big argument. And that's why you're going to start hearing about a lot of different companies working on building their own app store that third-party apps right. can actually list their app probably for free, probably at no extra cost. And it'll probably just be like a big middle finger to Apple. I feel like we're slowly inching towards the topic we didn't want to talk about, but I feel like it's, we're going to get there because I think these are, these two are kind of related in a way. But explain, if you don't mind, explain a little bit what you mean by Apple fanboy and what you mean by not being an Apple fanboy. And that's okay. You're allowed to be not an Apple fanboy. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're allowed. Let's see. <laughs> it took a while to get there. Like when I first entered the world of <laughs> iOS development, like I was Apple fanboy. It was like Apple was the best company. I wanted to have a new iPhone every year, not even every two years, like every oh, okay. year I wanted to have one. And then, like, I had uh, the iPad, the watch, whatever. It really started with, um, I, I think it started with my dad actually buying me Amazon Echoes. So, like, okay. like, now I had this thing where I'm not actually referring to Apple's assistant. I'm not going to say the name so that it's not setting off anybody's thing. But, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't using Apple's assistant. I was using Amazon's assistant. So that was like one thing. And then I think the HomePod had came out after that. And the HomePod is like really overpriced in my opinion. And it's not, yeah, yes. I haven't actually seen one in person, like at somebody's house, but I don't run in, I don't run in these circles of like extremely wealthy people, but I haven't seen them out in the wild. No, it, I, no. And yeah, so have you had, because I've heard a lot from the tech community purchasing this, but I haven't. I have not purchased a single HomePod. I have purchased, I want to say like I have about one, two, three, four, five HomePod minis. I purchased them used. So I got a considerable discount or I purchased them on sale. And as far as like playing music, they're great. So I'll say that we do have an Echo attached to our therm thermostat. It's fine. I'm not a big voice assistant fan. I just like having music. So in that sense, they're fine. They do their job. They're really good quality sound. And that's what I wanted. I mean, they're considerably cheaper than the HomePod, which I think is, I don't know. It's yeah, it's you're totally 100% correct. They're totally overpriced. 
Yeah, but I mean, that's like kind of Apple's thing, right? Like they're known for kind of being. Oh, totally. Uh, like it's it's like a it's like a social it's like social signaling essentially on totally. on a lot of Apple totally. products. But yeah, I think that I think it kind of started there, and then I started having issues with my Macs. I had my 2009 Mac for seven years until I actually got it into the field of development. So from like 2009 all the way to like 2016, I was able to use my MacBook Pro, which was amazing. And then I got a new one. And that one seemed to like, like after after a year or two, it seemed to not even be able to keep up with some of the updates, which was like really interesting because it seemed like Macs had gotten a lot better than they used to be in the past. And then I started experiencing... Which, which year of MacBook did you buy, if you mind me asking? I want to say it was like a 2015 or a 2016. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of the doldrums, I guess, of MacBooks were those early... The years between when the keyboard issues to when they finally transitioned. Yeah, it was, like over, yeah. It was overheating. The battery ended up dying yeah. like really quick. And then I was just like, this is kind of lame. But I was using it yeah. for, I was using it a lot and I was using it for video production too. So I was like really stressing this thing out. So then I ended up having to buy another one in like 2017, 2017, 2018. And yeah. mine was still like relatively, it felt like it was still relatively new. In my opinion, computers are yeah. supposed to last about five years. Yeah, 100%. So yeah, it's just, I didn't like that. And then the thing that really got me angry was, the selling point of the Apple ecosystem let me down and it started to break, which is this iCloud sync, having your, de having everything work between devices started to break down. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was something that I did or it was a bug in iCloud, but all of a sudden on my newer MacBook, duplicates, I like these dot iCloud files started showing up and they started duplicating across my entire computer everything that was synced it was being duplicated and then i ran out of physical storage i think yeah i think I've, i ran out of physical storage it wasn't like it didn't transfer to the cloud the duplicates i guess but it burned up my storage and then every time i would remove all those after a couple of days it would run out of storage again so now i actually don't even rely on syncing across devices I live like all my projects, they just live in GitHub and I pull them down from okay. whatever computer, but I do not rely on iCloud at all. And that's like that. If you think about it, like why a lot of people like Apple, it's because everything just works together. And if you take that right. away, it's just, it's not anything fabulous anymore. No, that's 100%. Like the walled garden, as it's called, it's. It, it's how do I put it? You you should be you should benefit from being a fan of Apple products and buying into the ecosystem and not feel like you're burdened by it. Yeah, and then just the fact that you bought laptops during the worst period. I'll say I love my new laptop. I love the MacBook Air. I skipped like all the laptops from 20, 2016. Like I had a twenty fifteen. And I just kept that thing until they switched over to Apple Silicon because I knew those laptops were garbage. And yeah, you just like, you got the worst of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you because I get it. Like, I totally get it. I'll just say I am happy with Apple products. They do work really well together when they do work. I'm not trying to convince you. That's not my point. I'm just saying 
I like it. I like the ecosystem. I never go with Windows if I ever had the chance. I hate Windows. I've been on Windows. I think the Mac is probably their best product in their suite. I think the watch is pretty good too. I think, yeah, I don't disagree with anything you said. Like it's just, it is what it is. So do you have an Android now or? Oh, no. So I still, the iPhone is still a really good device on its own. Really amazing device. I, (laughs) so again, Apple has let me down a lot. So I bought an M1 Mac mini and this was like, I wasn't one of the first I bought it a couple of months after it came out and there was all these raving reviews about it. I buy mine just simply a lot of stuff doesn't work. A lot of stuff. Oh, you have to talk about Rosetta and things just simply. Oh, really? It was still like very early on. I still have issues with it. Like I can't display like one of my monitors because I did something. I don't know. It's it was bad. And then I had my Apple watch on up until maybe three weeks ago when it just simply was not syncing to my phone. So now it's again, just useless. If you think about it, like you take away that one thing that Apple offers you where it's like everything works together. If you take that away, like how much do you really like your devices? And yeah, it's just like that. My account is corrupted or something like that. So I'm only limited. Have you contacted support? I haven't contacted support. So that's all my fault. Where I've contacted support. Usually they've been pretty good about it. I should try I that. Think, or even like a DTS ticket. Use your DTS. You get two of them. Like, yeah. use them. I really encourage people to take advantage of those. I had one issue. There was some iPad app that, they were, it was the iPad app or the Catalyst app that kept showing up as in my Mac app store as being updated, even though I didn't have the app anymore. And like, they fixed the issue. And it could have been something on their end for all I know. I don't know. Yeah. I'll I'll just encourage people take advantage of it. You if you're paying this premium, yeah, they should be, have the stuff fixed. I think the one issue that's bugged me lately is I've had this on my studio. It's just like USB stuff getting disconnected just out of nowhere. That's and I just I need to send a support ticket. I just haven't had the chance to do it. And I'm talking not feedback, which has its own set of issues. I'm talking like actual Apple support. Take advantage of that for sure. Yeah. Over, over the years, before we go on to the next topic, I will say that, um, I still love my iPhone. Um, and I've had an Android, like I haven't had it as my primary, but because I was getting into Android development Mm -hmm. before, and I did cross platform as well, I've worked with an Android and I still primarily prefer, uh, iPhone. Like I strongly prefer iPhone over Android. Yeah. And then I will also say that I've worked with a couple of different programming languages now, and Swift is still by far my favorite programming language. It's just, it, in my opinion, it was much more elegant in Swift 3 before Apple forced their changes on it with all these view modifiers and things like that. But overall, I still love programming in Swift. It is my favorite language. Not Swift What's UI your so much, favorite? but... <laughs> What's my second favorite? Dart. Dart, which is okay. used for Flutter programming. Right, be, right. It would be Swift, Dart, Python, then Kotlin. And Kotlin's oh, are wow. actually Kotlin's... A, Kotlin's a pretty strong programming language. I just didn't get I just didn't take the time to learn it, but Okay, okay. There's a lot of really cool features in Dart. Python you can do a lot really quickly and the community's huge. A lot of support around that. And then Kotlin's very similar to Swift. If you want to look, if you want to be like bilingual in programming languages and you already know Swift, Kotlin's not a bad one to to check out. 
I do Kyle, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot. I know we said we were gonna talk about it, but I feel like based on what we've already been talking about, we kinda have to. So we're recording this a few days before the product is out, the Vision Pro. And I kept telling Kyle, I don't want to talk about it because we're going to talk about it and we're going to say all this stuff, even though the product comes out and people are going to say it's good or bad. So please forgive us if by the time this episode is out, things are different. But it does have, to me, it has a big bearing on what we've already talked about these app store changes. And like, to me, for one thing, I was a developer, early on developer with the Apple Watch. and. I wouldn't say I got burned on it, but so much can change in an API. I think you lose a lot of that because the API has changed so much in that period. I also am not super enthusiastic because of the app ecosystem and kind of what we're getting at early on. And to me, like, I think there's been stuff about, I think it's easy to look at the iPhone and be like, yeah, you can be on the iPhone because there's a trillion people on the iPhone. But like the iPad to me has been the biggest victim of the shortcomings of the I, the app store. And I think just as far as like using the iPad, I think like it's, I think it's been hurt a lot by the limitations of the app store. And a lot of people don't want to invest money and time in putting an iPad app together. And even some people like purposefully deny an app that could easily be like transitioned from iPhone to iPad. And I'm kind of feeling like the same thing with the Vision Pro where it's, first of all, hey, this, just as we said, it's overpriced probably, but also like it's severely restricted for what I want to do with it. And I'm, we're talking, I don't know if you've been to a lab, but I'm talking as fully ignorant as not being in a lab, but I'm like, I don't see the long-term business like built around this device right now in 2024 and to me like the app store stuff is a big part of a that costs way too much money that nobody's going to want to buy it right away unless you're really enthusiastic and it's great that they sold out but it is what it is and see like it's a totally new class of device it's not it's yeah okay there's other devices out there but they're specifically targeted towards gaming. This is a workplace VR device, essentially. I don't know. So those are my thoughts on it. What, I don't know. What, do you disagree, agree? Like, where do you think I'm wrong on it? So I think that everything that you said is pretty valid. So again, we're talking about the Apple Vision Pro. And what do we think is going to happen with it? And I don't think... I don't think anything's going to change even after launch of this product. So by the time you guys are listening to this or watching it, Apple Vision Pro is out. There will be much. There will be a lot more reviews online. But overall, what we can do is we can talk about what is the future. What is the future for Apple Vision Pro? Because that's not going to change even after launch. Because it really has to do with what is Apple doing, and what. I will, I'll put my stance out there right now just so that you can understand where I'm coming from and whether or not you want to listen to me. Overall, I don't think that the Apple Vision Pro provides the value for the price of $3,500. And it is not like when the competitor is going to be something like Meta's, what is it, Meta? 
the Meta Quest 3, which is $500. Mm-hmm. So there's a $3,000 discrepancy. I don't think that there's a $3,000 improvement in technology uh, there. Additionally, this thing costs more than your computer that you're working on every single day, and you cannot load Xcode on it. Just keep that in Speak mind. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> no, Somebody my, who mine, has a Mac uh, studio. Yeah, yeah, your computer. Most, okay. most people's computers. The yeah, large majority go. of computers. The normal people. Right. 3500 bucks is a lot. And like you could get a maxed out. You could, or I, don't, I haven't checked a MacBook Pro in a long time. But you could probably get a really high end MacBook Pro. That's going to actually bring money back to you for that price. This is what I'm trying to say. So what does Apple Vision Pro do really well? It's probably going to be the best in the industry at AR technology, which I don't think actually exists right now. So what exists right now is... Um, Good question. Have you been to a lab? I have not been to a lab. So clarify, like okay. I don't have yeah. hands-on okay. experience with this. I'm going based off of what I've seen online, what I've done like research on. And my understanding is that Apple is the num- is going to be the number one in the AR space. So augmented reality not virtual reality where you're closed into a pre-configured environment they are going to be changing the environment around like they're going to be adding things into your to your surroundings and that's what it's going to be doing extremely well the problem with that is at the $3,500 price point $3,500 how many people can afford this like how many normal people can afford this even for the tech industry, like I'm looking at people um, making their decision on whether to buy this thing online or not. A lot of them have to like dip into saving. Like they don't just have $4,000 because you have to still pay tax. They don't just have $4,000 just laying around to buy a toy just like without thinking about it. The majority of people have to think about this purchase. And that's to an industry where six figures is extremely common right? So this is a pretty sizable purchase for anybody. And I just think that Apple hasn't even actually announced what their intentions are with this device, because Apple likes to go into things like education and things like their medicine. So revolving around your medical records or whatever. So what is Apple actually planning for this device? Are they planning it strictly for entertainment? And this is the pro. I mean, device. I don't think they know. I don't think they know. And I think it's like the Apple Watch, being being having gone through that. It's like they had no idea what they were going to do with it. There's like you can send heartbeat beats. Yeah. And so they went. So they're looking. At and then they pivoted to health, and they were like, yeah. "Okay, this is." They finally figured out. Okay, this is where the watch is really helpful. But even then, um, they have. So like I think the, it's still- the Pro Watch too, and that's geared towards like very specific. What is it like rock climbing or scuba diving and things like that too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I okay, Kyle. I'm going to be sarcastic. But what's going to make the Vision Pro such an excellent device is the apps that are on it. Because, and I'm being sarcastic because this goes back to our earlier discussion. They've built, I feel like they've burned so many bridges for, not for indies so much, but for like bigger businesses that like people, the apps that people really want to use. Then now we see Netflix is, yeah, we're not going to be on the Vision. Facebook's not going to be on the Vision Pro. Yeah, I, I think that's going to that relationship is going to hurt the Vision Pro. And I see a lot of people 
Indies essentially spending $4,000 building just for the reason of developing an app for it. And yeah, I'm just, are you going to make it? I just can't imagine you're ever going to make that money back for the 12 people or two well, people. Well, you know, some honestly, people who will, own it. right? Some people will make like an amazing meditation app or something like that. And you know that anybody that has purchased this device has money. So you charging them right. a sizable subscription is not out of the question at this point. It, that is something that that can be done. I, like I don't want anybody. I don't want to. I don't want anybody to feel like we're dumping on their purchase of the Apple Vision Pro. Right. If you bought it, then I'm sure that you have very good, very good reasons, and you probably have a strategy in mind of how you're going to recoup your losses. Price it. Price your app accordingly. If that's your. If you're gonna buy it for fun, totally buy it for fun. I'm not. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to shame anybody for that. But I mean, you need to price your app high enough to get the money back. Like, price it high. Like, all was a thing in Indies is like, no, you're not charging enough. Yeah. No. If and you're going to go out there and a charge a $7.99 subscription fee, like, no, triple it. Right. Yeah. No, totally. 100%. Regarding First Mover, can you name me one app that came out when the iPhone first came out that's still around? It's not about being still around right because there there have been successes like flappy bird that have made like a cultural impact everybody knows what flappy bird is and then it left the app store because i think what the developer just didn't want to deal with it he like made right. enough money and he was able to split so first mover advantage does exist but keep in mind that the app store is not going to be empty you're actually going to be competing with people that know what they're doing for this device. And the reason for that is because anybody that was interested in the AR and VR space actually have already made apps for different VR headsets like the MetaQuest Pro. And all they have to do is take that, most they're most likely using Unity or Unreal, and they're going to port their app into the Apple Vision Pro and they will be most likely available on day one. So it's not like it's going to be an empty market. If you think that's what it, if you think that's going to be the strong selling point of you having a very simplistic app in the app store, I mean, simple apps, they do get, gain a lot of traction sometimes, but it's not like the app store is going to be completely empty. So just keep that in mind. You are competing with people that have existed in this space for a long time and right. don't need to to learn ar kit or reality kit like they are using existing tools that work across different platforms and honestly that would be probably if you're look if you're interested in being big on the apple vision pro market just keep in mind that there are going to be competitors that will do the same thing that you can do that work with other devices especially like if you're interacting with other people like games where it's two players you're not yeah. just playing against other Apple Vision Pro players. You're playing against anybody that that can have a headset and that it's available on that device. Play against each other. And that's that multi-platforming aspect is important. Just like the way that you're on any of your apps that you can interact with an Android user. It's the same concept. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. I feel like we talked about quite a bit and I don't, almost don't want to, I think we should like skip our main topic that we were going to talk about. Cause at this point I feel like 
we're too invested at this point. We've gone too far. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Is there anything else you want to mention regarding Vision Pro App Store? To me, there's the problem is with the way, you know, it works is growth is very important. And so they have to keep pumping up these services like numbers, right? Because they've already sold iPhones to everybody in the world that is ever going to own one. And so, yeah, like, I feel like there there's an incentive on them to just keep milking that services money for everything it can get. And unfortunately, I feel like it's kind of hurting the brand and hurting the business in the long term. Because if they're not investing the time and money and just simple, hey, get fix iCloud and or just like help help developers more with the app store because I find like a lot of the app store stuff there's a lot like there's a lot of great talks that they have but they're very focused on like app events or stuff like that I'm not sure that really fit with a lot of developers apps out there I don't know and it like to me like there's other yeah there's just I don't know it just seems like the app store there's really good stuff there and it's gotten a lot better, but it feels like there's something missing as far as for business to create a long-term business around the app store. Seems much less attainable than it used to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. I will say that I do kind of agree that Apple can be doing a lot more, a lot of more thing. I think Apple can do a lot more in terms of helping developers in terms of app store you really only get some official guidance on that if you're looking into search ads. I haven't really I haven't really come across any other official guidance. So if anybody out there knows how to They've been like, doing those tech talks every few months or so that you can call into. Yeah, um, but like having like more official documentation and, and truly understanding how to kind of compete with some of these bigger apps in, in in these spaces a lot of it is just kind of trial and error like right it's there's so much that you have to just test yourself and i think having a little bit more transparency on the app store especially with everything that's happening after that court ruling would be a good move on apple's half yeah. to just like Give a little bit more transparency on how these things are ranking, like what's most important. Give us an actual good example because Apple's like notorious for not even following what they're imposing on the rest of the world. So it's just in development. You want to change something about how something that's simply provided by a Swift UI or even UI kit, Apple can do it. And you could do it too if you dig and you use unavailable like hidden apis and things like that you can modify views exactly how apple does it and that's and it's like those little things it's just like apple should be held to the same standards that they're imposing on everybody else like i understand that it's their product they can do whatever they want but like at the same time it's it leaves i mean i'm just speaking from personal experience it, it leaves people like me feeling okay you're not as glamorous as you once were even though a lot of yeah. these things have existed for a while it's just there's a lot more starting to stack up against you and it's giving these arguments and i don't well, think i that do think should. it's gonna hurt <laughs> i mean i think it's gonna hurt them in the long term though if they keep kind of like making the situation worse and worse 
I think you're going to see that with the Vision Pro. I think you're going to see there's not going to be this plethora of apps that Apple expects to be out there because I think they've burned so many bridges. You could, you and... have to keep it in mind that it could be strategic, right? Because the person that's going to be able to, to purchase this thing, like like this may actually not even be a consumer product, which is why it's priced the way that it is, right? This could be the business product that is available for prosumer consumption, right? So what I mean by that is that if Apple wants there to be apps available for everybody, let's release the Apple Vision Pro so that nobody gets it. Let all the developers get it, all the big companies get it so that they can work on it officially, put out apps in the App Store, and then we release the Apple Vision Air. And that's like a $800 headset. And then it's much more affordable. I think the problem, though, is, is when you talk to big businesses or like education, what they care about is that it has Microsoft Teams or they can run Chrome OS apps. And like if Apple's going to burn that bridge, they're never going to sell to those sectors because Microsoft or Google just don't want to put out apps on it and they'd rather put out their own device. Hey, folks, Editor Leo, I just want to jump in here. I mentioned that during editing, I noticed that Microsoft is planning to release, if not has released, the Office Suite as well as Microsoft Teams for the Vision Pro. So that's exciting if you're a big fan of Teams. I'll link to an article talking about that as well as Netflix announcement, Google's announcement regarding YouTube and the Vision Pro, as well as a link to an article talking about Christian Selig's new app, Juno, which is YouTube app for the Vision Pro. So check that out in the show notes below. Okay, now you can listen to the rest of the episode. Yeah, so that so what you're saying is That's like it. almost directly related to did you see the Netflix response? No, what was the Netflix response? Okay, so Apple Vision Pro will not have a native Netflix app available on it on launch. And I don't think that it will be available at all during 2024, is my understanding. So Netflix okay. responded saying that. Right now, they don't think that it's a good time to, the ROI is not there to invest in a native Netflix app. Yeah, a native Netflix app on the Apple Vision Pro because okay. the customer base simply is not going to be there at launch. They're not opposed to doing it in the future, to clarify. It's just like right now, there's no ROI on it. There's no return on investment. Because it's going to cost so much to do the development to provide an amazing experience that would be expected from a movie platform on a headset that they're simply just not going to enter the space. And if you want to watch Netflix on your Apple Vision Pro, you have to go to the website. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So you can pull up Netflix basically through Safari. Yeah, through Safari. Yeah. Okay. Which I feel like is just like such a... That's something they could do in a lot of ways, like to get around a lot of the Apple stuff. I do think it's a big deal that Apple like just cannot be in these big sectors. Do you think that the Vision Pro is specifically for businesses or do you think that the Vision Pro is purposely overpriced so that they're going to come out with a cheaper version for consumers? Look, I just want to clarify that part. Does that make sense? I think it's a little bit of both. And the reason okay. why I say that is because the Vision Pro, right? Whenever we get Pro as a suffix, it means like this is the top of the line that you can get. 
And this is the best mm-hmm. technology that we're going to offer for this line of product is right. pro. So if you put out the Apple vision pro as the top of the line, this is the best mm-hmm. the technology can do. Then mm-hmm. theoretically developers can utilize all of the technology inside of that device and really figure out um, how to provide the most amazing experience possible. So businesses and developers can provide the best experience possible. And there's people that will go digging around, figuring out, oh, we can do all of this using metal and Mm -hmm. we can make it amazing. And then that will be the Apple that will be like highlighted during WWDC or something like that, or whoever wins the awards. Those type, there will be like Apple Vision Awards. So your app will be highlighted and spotlighted for doing something amazing and standing out for that reason. Also, they don't know what the market is like. And you have to keep in mind that Apple is not a gaming, is not known for AAA games. They never right. did AAA games as like, they never did. When somebody wants to do professional gaming or even like high level gaming, competitive gaming, they go out and they buy a PC. They don't spend any amount of money on a Mac to make that right. happen. So they have to figure out who is actually buying this and what are the demands for this headset because they're entering the space late as usual. They usually do everything better. And the like the Apple Vision Pro is probably the best piece of technology that will be out there as a headset like that. Nobody's arguing about that. But they have to figure out who actually who wants what from this thing and probably have to figure out what direction to take it in. So I think it's yeah. a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah, I mean I'd be curious to see. I mean, I don't know. It's just there's it's so early on, even by the time this episode comes out, like so much is gonna change on this and we'll see how it goes. But yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot going on. Just keep in um, mind, like when Apple TV launched, everybody was making an Apple TV app. And yeah. I haven't downloaded an Apple TV app in a couple of years. I mean, I've downloaded <laughs> Apple TV apps, but they're all streaming platforms. So, yes, there you go. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like once <laughs> once you set up your Apple TV and people will say, like, this is not the same thing. And it's not. But if you're going into it with an entertainment aspect and i mean games are definitely a real thing right but but yeah like a lot of the times it's at least in my case it's like once i get my device i set it up with the apps that i normally use and in this case where it's entertainment it's going to be it would be netflix but it would be like all my streaming platforms a couple of really good games that stand out that's where the first mover advantage exists and i'm not one that's really into playing a bunch of different little games so I just generally don't go out. And the game market is a very competitive space. So Are you talking about the iPhone? I'm talking about in general. game. The game market is a oh, right. space. So if you think that it's not going to be competitive on day one, it, it will be, I promise. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Kyle, there was so much to talk about today. Sorry, we'll talk about modularity the next time you come on. Yeah. But How many appreciate... people want to hear about modularity? Can we get like a show of hands or can we get some DMs that say... Because we were supposed to talk about modularity in app development. But we, we wanted to rant about the App Store and the Vision Pro and Apple. So I think it maybe before we close, what's the big takeaway you would have for a developer out there? 
big takeaway for a developer. So I would say that overall, now more than in the past, it's kind of important to pay attention to what's going on in the news. I'm a person that hates news. I don't watch news, especially with this being an election year in the States. I hate news, but I would say pay attention to what's going on in like the tech scene news, because there, it seems like there's a lot of big changes that are happening that will directly impact developers. And we don't necessarily know if it's for better or, or worse yet. And I'm referring to the ruling with the Apple and Epic games. I'm referring to Apple vision pro being a new device that you can develop for just pay attention to the news. AI. A- AI. Yeah. And then we have, yeah. WWDC coming up this year. They may actually break into that space, but I still think it's too early for Apple. They tend to wait a little bit longer than just it's only chat. GPT has only been out for a year. So Apple is probably going to wait like another year or two before they introduce anything. And even then it's who knows if we're going to have an API to it or not. So, yeah. I have a dumb tech question I want to ask you before we close out that I've been wanting to ask and I forgot about it. You've done development on Android as well. Is that correct? Yeah. Where do you see something like PWAs fit into this progressive web apps? Um, because I see a lot of mobile folks, not Android, but folks in, yeah, more like, there we go. More more Android folks who are like, yeah, I don't want to have to go through the Google Play Store. I just want to build a progressive web app and do it that way. Do you think that that's a thing that could ever happen? Assuming Apple makes it more and more easy to do it on Safari, the iPhone. Yeah, so I think that's actually something that was kind of like in the back of my mind when I was talking earlier is, um, unfortunately, depending on this ruling, progressive web apps can become a lot more popular if Apple decides to become more difficult for developers and it starts doing, doing things that are going to hurt smaller developers. Yeah, there's just, there's. Progressive web apps are definitely something that can regain a lot more popularity than they already have. And for a lot of different apps, progressive web apps make absolute sense, especially in a small development team. So just, again, keep an eye on the news because there can be a lot that changes. Yep. Yeah, I agree 100%. Keep an eye on what's going on, both for your, if you're just a freelancer or a developer who's wants to be an employee, keep an eye on what's going on. Oh, uh, Leo, hold on, because that, the statement that I made will scare a lot of people, especially aspiring developers, and I don't want to do that. iOS iOS development is still, like, getting into iOS development is still relevant, minimum for at least three years. Minimum, I would say at least five years, actually. Apps already exist. You can still get hired. I guarantee that you can still get hired within the next five years for an iOS development. So if you are just starting out, you can still start learning iOS development and still get a job. I don't want to scare you away that, oh, maybe I was thinking about learning Swift. Now I got to go learn progressive web apps. No, No, that's that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying, but some people will take it that way. I know aspiring devs will take it that way. And that's not what I'm saying. If you want to get into the space, go ahead and get in. I'm just saying, 
existing developers, um, indie developers, just pay attention to the news because you may want to learn another skill. If you're just starting out, there's still going to be a lot of jobs for you to get hired as an iOS developer. Don't worry about that. I think, so I'm in Michigan, of course. And to me, I think one thing to think about is to me, like the 20th century had the car and like people thought that there was going to be something else like an airplane or some, some weird transportation device that's going to, no, the car was the big thing of the 20th century. And I feel like the iPhone and the smartphone are the thing of the 21st century. I think we constantly, and you see this with in financial stuff is like, people are constantly looking for the next big thing. And I'm like, no, the next big thing was the iPhone. And if you like, if you put your career on the iPhone or a smartphone or mobile development, you're going to be fine for the next, honestly, like I think 10, 15 years. Like, I mean, you could, you have a skill set that is going to be, because people are just, there's not going to be a device out there that's going to replace the iPhone. It's just not going to happen in my opinion. I think VR may be a thing that grows, but I'm not, I think it's just one amongst many devices. Whereas the iPhone to me is the device that like the desktop computer and even the laptop just was not accessible enough to people. Whereas the iPhone just made it so much easier for people to make, made technology, computers, internet accessible to a whole wide range of people. And there is plenty of money to be made in that space. So yeah, 100% iPhone developer. I think you're going to do quite well. So I agree 100%. I think it's just a matter of the news informs you of what other skill sets or what APIs specifically might be profitable to you. There's going to be some like core ML thing that might come out this year. And it's doesn't say that being an iPhone developer is, is detrimental. It's saying that being an iPhone developer is great and learning how machine learning is even like that's going to build on top of it it's not going to subtract that away does that did i phrase that correctly would you say yeah yeah i think that you're absolutely right like the key is just remembering that um while the tech industry moves fast the rest of the world does not right everything especially government stuff everything else moves slow (laughs) i'm sure that there's a lot of people that know older folks that still have flip phones right Yes. Like yep. the yep. rest of the world moves slow and they still need to be supported. And that means that there will be jobs to support those folks. Yeah. 100%. Kyle, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. There was just so much to talk to today. Talk about today. Yeah. It's just fantastic to see you. And I'm really happy that you were able to come back on. Yeah. I'm always happy to be here, Leo. And a couple of months after I made my Apple vision pro app and I made a billion dollars, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about how you how you modularized your app. Yeah. What everybody wants to hear about. Where can people find you online? Yeah, you can find me on primarily on X and on YouTube at Kilo, K-I-L-O underscore L-O-C-O. K-I-L-O underscore L-O-C-O. Thank you, Kyle. People can find me on Twitter. Oh, sorry. X at Leo G. Dion. Macedon at Leo G. Dion. C. I. M youtube at break digit and linkedin at the ogtn so be sure to check that out if you enjoyed this episode please post a review on your podcast player i'd really appreciate it if you're watching this on youtube subscribe and i'd appreciate that as well yeah thank you so much for joining us and i look forward to talking to you again bye everyone bye